Rate, subscribe, and review, please. Give us those five stars. Reach out and tell a brother about the Sports Antidote. We're warming up for football season. It's going to be awesome. Follow us at the Sports Antidote on Instagram. Rate, subscribe, and review wherever you can tune into those podcasts and tell your neighbor about us. You're going to enjoy the show. It's Coach O, baby. I am Coach O, bitch. You listen at that Sports Antidote, Antidote remix reloaded with that, uh, on that anchor. And uh, Coach O wanted to let everybody know that uh, it's the summertime. You know, I mean, I've been getting some R&R. I've been going over there. That Destin, Florida, been jogging with no shirt on. And, um, you know, I'm up here right now in uh, Spokane, Washington, right, right over there by Gonzaga, baby. I never knew where that damn school was. I always heard about it, but never knew. Real, real pretty out here. They got that Spokane River. You know, good. A little, little, little hot, you know, but other than that, it's good. Normally, it ain't that hot, but it's hot right now. It's also hot because Coach O is up here. And I went over there to Idaho, Coeur Lane, baby. I went over there, did, did some, uh, well, I mean, I did some scouting. I couldn't do no, no big game hunting because, uh, you know, it ain't in season right now. But, man, they got a lot of elks and, and white-tailed deer, all kinds of stuff out here, baby. Great place. Beautiful. And, uh, Coach George, I want to let you know that, you know, that my Mellis and Utah are going to be good. Them Saints going to be good. Them Yankees going to beat them Red Sox in that series. And everything's going to be good because I am Coach O, bitch. And I'm coming. Go Tigers. Welcome to the Sports Antelope, episode number 58, Big Game Hunting. I'm your host, Danny Belts. Thanks for tuning in today. Lot to cover. Britain's women's soccer team takes a knee. The U.S. women's soccer team gets cucked. <laughs> Half the country rooting against their own country. Can't blame anyone, now can you? Space Jam flops. Uh, there is a gym in Toronto, California we're going to touch base on. I might send them money to keep them afloat. The Bucks beat the Suns. We almost saw this coming down 2-0. We thought they could lose four in a row, and they did. They cucked me again. Unbelievable. Bro Exotic's coming on the show for one of his greatest bits ever, The Church of Woke's Greatest Hits. Uh, yes, they're making, they've made an album, and they have a preview for us, about 10 songs on there. I heard it earlier. It's just sheer, utter woke genius, I have to say. He's taking the proceeds and putting those towards the Buffalo Riot Wings. Those are hurting right now. And the uh, Tommy Bench will come on. At the end of the show, it's a bad cleanup per usual. Uh, in other news, before we get into the other news here, uh, the Louisiana Superdome is now the Caesars Superdome. Has a nice ring to it. If only we could bet sports at Harris now, right? Louisiana, the most corrupt and ridiculous state, void of any type of, <laughs> void of everything. And you can't sports gamble, uh, yet I can go buy Jack Daniels at 4.45 a.m. at a gas station. But yeah, I can't lose my kid's tuition on the Mets. But I can certainly lose it on red down there in a big building on Poitras. That being said, uh, I do like the Caesars Superdome. New look for the Saints. New quarterback. I like it. Just adds to the uh, things I like about the Saints coming up in the season. <clears throat> so Britain's women are playing soccer and they take a knee. And they're playing like Argentina or something. And the other team like doesn't know what the English women's soccer team is doing because they, they don't have time to be woke in South America. Like They have to... They need to get stuff done now. So they take knees too, but they look real confused. And of course, it's all over racism. And here we go. Here we go again. And of course, the women's soccer team is more worried about equal pay. We found out that was a ruse. Remember that? And then of course, Megan, I still can't say her name, Rapaponi, 
pony. I can't ping rapping. She's just completely lays an egg. They lose to some irrelevant country three to nothing. That's like a stomping in women's soccer. Breaks their win streak. Everybody wonders why, and it's because they probably weren't practicing. They were studying critical race theory instead of kicking a, a Dalmatian look ball around that you can't touch with your hands. Stupid sport. We all know it. Just say it. Well, I watched the Premier League. I don't care. So the Bucks did. They really did it to us. I'm not going to touch too much on this because you know the Bucks just really. I, you could almost see it coming. Chris Paul, the only player in NBA history to lose five playoff series with a 2-0 lead. He did it in California. He did it in Louisiana. He, he's done it nearly everywhere he's gone, and now he's done it in Arizona. It can't all be on Paul, but certainly a black eye in some of those games where they were looking to put him out, put him down. And he just did not, he was not there as Holiday did a good job uh, of guarding him down the stretch. So we got college future episode coming up maybe next week. Uh, look out for that. Uh, four college futures, two in the NFL that I'm bringing. I know Dickie Salvo is going to come in talk about week one. Speaking of which, the only game not lined, the only NFL game you cannot bet on is the Saints-Packers week one. And I wonder why. I wonder why. Because the odds makers don't know or are not sure that a certain quarterback who looks like he has AIDS currently will be taking snaps for Green Bay. Uh, and we continue to not talk about that. And it is definitely a massive Tyrannosaurus Rex in the room that nobody apparently wants to talk about. Big game hunting. What's, what, what's that, Belts? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Big game hunting. We're going to talk about that in the real sense. And also, when you go betting the big game on the big board, your annual big bet. We had one last year. We'll talk about that. And I have a couple suggestions uh, as it happens to people every year. Don't think of this as preaching. Just giving my opinion uh, on how you should go about that. But anyway, people frown on big game hunting. What they don't understand about true big game hunting is it helps third world countries, particularly in Africa. It helps their economies immensely. And Africa's full of big game. A lot of rich people from across the world come over there to hunt said animals legally. Now, there's a lot of animals, particularly some herbivores, that are just overpopulated. The predators can't keep up. So these animals do need to be put down because there's not enough grass to go around, not enough water, if you can believe it or not. And some of these got some of these animals drink 20, 30 gallons of water a day. If they can find it, they eat 50, 60 pounds of vegetation, if you can find it. Uh, so it's just like it is down here. Sometimes it's good to take out overpopulation. You're probably thinking, oops, sorry, I just knocked that over. Why can't we do that with humans? <laughs> oh, we do. <laughs> Every day, hundreds of thousands of times, especially in New York. But anyway, <clears throat> neither here nor there. I have not taken my Zyrtec today, so I'm struggling. But what people don't realize is that when you go over there and you do this the right way, okay, you support and help these local economies, particularly in like the Congo. You'll stay in the nice resort. You'll spend money at the bar, money at the restaurant. You get your hunting license. You're going to pay out the ass for that. You do it correctly. You're going to have to get a guide who's, who's certified to do this through the state and everybody makes money. Plus the American dollar is powerful over there, big time. I have a customer of mine who every other year they go to Africa to hunt big game. Uh, it's him and his three kids. They do it every other year. They've been five times. They've been doing it for 10 years. Then they're up to go in August of this year, uh, but they probably won't be because of all the COVID restrictions, still international travel, I uh, doubt it. But anyway, they told me a story of how they went out there last time and they were looking at shooting the Cape Buffalo, but they couldn't do it. It wasn't the right time of year. They had to go after some massive gazelle looking thing. I don't know. But they told me a story of prior to them coming, 
um, someone had got killed by a Cape buffalo. Cape buffalo actually kills hundreds of people per year in Africa, and most of them are hunters. And the other thing that, that usually happens, it's when they're being hunted illegally. This is also a big thing that happens in Africa. People don't want to pay to play, so they hire some black market guide who's not contracted by the country or the city and the state in which you're in, and you pay that guy cash and you don't get your hunting license. So typically you can save like four to $5,000, but if you get caught, you're in big trouble. They hold that, they, they, they hold that, they take that very seriously over there. They hold you ransom. I mean, they'll, they'll just take you. What are you gonna do? You have no rights over there. Um, you don't play by the rules. Um, they're gonna get that ass. And this dude got gored by a Cape Buffalo. A Cape Buffalo, a full-grown male stands at 2,000 pounds, a solid ton, and can run 30 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour. To put things to perspective, the fastest human ever documented was Usain Bolt, and he ran 28 miles an hour. So here's a, a one-ton truck running faster than the fastest man alive was ever clocked. So you can only imagine these things get up on you pretty quick. And apparently there was an exit wound in him the size of like a pizza from his back. And you know what? Should have been doing illegally. There's a lot of reasons why they get killed illegally. You're not hunting in vantage spots where you could be seen. So you're in these spots that are more advantageous for the animal because they don't want people to know you're hunting illegally. Everything in it just says, just get the license. Just do it the right way and help out the local economies. <clears throat> so for everybody goes, I can't believe big game hunting. It brings millions of dollars to countries that need the revenue. And if you do it the right way, there's nothing wrong with it. And even if you want to hunt carnivores, they don't let you kill females. They don't let you kill breeders. The carnivores, uh, they're off limits. They'll, they'll maybe give you a male, not an alpha, not a pack leader. You have to pay more for that. If you want to kill a male lion, which I think is absurd, because they're not overpopulated, but if you want to do that, you're going to pay way more, and there's rules. You just can't go around and shoot whatever animal you want. These guides are very selective, and they're like, no, 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 not over here, over here, things of that nature. So it's really not, even though Nat Geo had an article on it, uh, backing up everything I just said. So before everybody starts protesting and cucking, just know that you just have no idea what you're talking about in that instance. And if it's done correctly, it is a very positive uh, activity uh, that does a lot of good more so than bad. Can't emphasize enough, done correctly. So when you go big game hunting, big game hunting on the big board in the casino, and you are picking out your big game, there's a lot of things you need to think about. We all have a guy, and typically the guy we have, we don't call him on the phone anymore. He rents out some service on a website, and he pimps out the software, pays the landlord, and you go on there, log on, you typically have a credit limit, let's say $2,000, and a max bet of, let's say, $500. That's usually how it works. Credit-based gambling, obviously very dangerous. You're not posting up. You're just using a credit card as opposed to a debit card. Well, the interest and the juice racks up pretty quick when you don't have to depart with the money up front. So when you're, when you're looking at things with the big game, let's look at us last year. What, what game did we really like? We talked about it two weeks before it started. Tulane versus Memphis. We're all over this game. Waiting for the line to come out Sunday night. What's up? Comes out Tulane, a shallow favorite, minus one and a half. Tulane had never been favored over Memphis in the history of their football program. And here they are. And we knew it. And it's in New Orleans. Uh, everything Tulane would need. No, it was up there. Excuse me. But everything Tulane needed to win that game, we knew they were the better team. And the line spoke really high to us. And then by the time Wednesday or Thursday came, it already moved to three. They played on a Thursday afternoon. I met my buddy at a freaking 
restaurant parking lot and he hands me an envelope to go make the play for him. Won't even get into how much it was. But actually, we posted on Instagram. It was $10,000 to put it on the two-lane money line. And I came in strong on DraftKings to one of my buddy, and I had a fistful of hundreds as well. And that was the big game hunting for the year. But we did one thing especially correctly. I did it legally, and so did he. We went to the casino, made the bet, got the ticket, got it in my hand, DraftKings. Totally legal. Not here, but my buddy in New Jersey, legal for him. I sent him money. He posted it up. A lot of money. We won a lot of money that day. But we did it legally. Why do you want to do it legally? If you go to one of your books or somebody you don't know and you ask for a, a large credit increase, let's say you want to, make, you want to put 5000 on the Jets and then you win, you don't know if you're actually going to get that money. That dude might have money. And what are you going to do? Call the Better Business Bureau? You made an illegal bet. If you have a ticket in your hand, you can certainly get your money from the casino no matter how much it is. They'll take nearly any bet except NFL preseason. There's a reason why they limit, I've said this a thousand times, there's a reason why casinos only take so much on NFL preseason. Everybody thinks preseason is so stupid to bet. Okay, how come you can put whatever you want on week one but not on week four in the preseason? That's because sharps hammer preseason football. At some casinos, there's $1,000 maximums on it, yet you can bet a million dollars on week one. So don't tell me my business. Don't cuck me. So, correctly done. As far as the homework goes, it's amazing how spontaneous people get when they have their big bet. Like we looked at this game every way imaginable, every angle, every single thing from COVID. How can we get screwed on this? How can we get screwed on that? Determining Tulane, everyone was cleared to play that Thursday. Everyone got tested 24 hours before and everyone quarantined. We knew that for a fact that Tulane absolutely was going to have all their players. And we knew that Memphis was going to struggle because they had lost people with COVID. I'm not saying that I'm the only one looking at that, but sometimes the injury report, especially in the days of COVID, that needs to be certainly looked at. But I can't emphasize enough the big game hunting on the big board, baby, is you got to post that money up and get a ticket. You do not want to credit base that big bet you're going to do, no matter your situation, if you're up or down for the week. I just feel this really is uh, very important um, to think it's something to think about when you're sizing up that one you just can't get away from. You don't want to be that guy that got crucified by the water buffalo, or excuse me, the cape. If I said water buffalo, I meant cape buffalo. You don't want to be that guy. There's a myriad of other things that could go wrong, but in your preparation, when you know you have that game done, pay the man their money, pay the guides, pay the Congo to go in there. Don't get cute like that other idiot did. Big game hunting. I skipped two things. I'm sorry, I'm a little out of it. But we need to talk about Space Jam real quick before, before White Bitch of the Week and then Bro Exotic and Tommy Bench. Space Jam right now is flopping like a fish out of water. And right now, of course, the media is trying, because they just defend LeBron to the death, they're not, you know, they're taking into the fact all the Chinese money was pumped in. The numbers are so skewed. The original Space Jam was a great movie. It wasn't showed over in China. But at the same time, though, it's amazing how people can't even admit the thing that's right in front of your face. Just say the movie sucked. The ratings are hilarious. Not even Woken Tomatoes gives that movie any credence. So once again, LeBron James fails. He fails in the movie theater. He fails in round one of the playoffs. Idiot. And lastly, before we bring him on, there's a city in Toronto, California. It's a boxing gym in this city that is not allowing vaccinated people in. <laughs> 
You're only allowed in if you're not vaccinated. And right now the state is trying to take them down. I'm looking for a GoFundMe. I'll send them a hundred bucks. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, I think that's great. You Hey, you can refuse service. It's his business. So you can refuse service to people that are not vaccinated and he's refusing service to people that are. I think that is unbelievable. Just remember, guys, when it comes to that big game, baby, and you're hunting that buffalo, you do that the right way. Pay to play. Don't go sideways on that. You can't go cheap on that. And don't go cheap on toilet paper. All right, where's, uh, who are we talking about this week? Vlatko Adonaskisvi? Adonaskovova? Whatever. He ain't from around here. He's the U.S. men's, excuse me, the women's U.S. soccer coach. Uh, and he is also woke AF like the rest of the loser team that disgraced their country, on and off the field. But this guy in the press conference blames the loss, blames the loss on the racism inside the United States. You, that is a fireable offense. You have to be kidding me. You get up there and say something along those lines, and then he goes on, he taught, and he cucks, you know how it is, oh yeah, and then he panders, and then he circles back and acts like, oh, I didn't really say that, but I guess you did, and we know what you meant. And you know what, I don't even want to invite you to the dinner party at the end of the year for white bitch of the year, because I'm not even going to include anyone that just really, really, I mean, if you're going to hate this country, you got to be from here, let's beginners, if you're going to win that award, so whatever, you're white bitch of the week. And I hope you lose your next game and get bounced. The Onion Ring, where even fiction is reality. Everything on here is a fact. With guest host, Bro Exotic, Super Woke. Thanks for joining the show, Bro Exotic. We're doing this one live for the first time. How you doing, man? Uh, what's going on, dude? Uh, Bro Exotic. The uh, second command, Woke Cardinal of Cal, Church of Woke. What's going on, bro? Nice, dude. Glad to have you here uh, in the studio. Um, I know we don't have much time. I know you're running pretty quick, but I know you wanted to promote your album, The Greatest Hits of the Church of Woke, and I think you're going to provide us with a preview of that. Is that correct? Absolutely, dude. It's going to be volume one of our Wokest nice. Hits. Nice. Are proceeds going anywhere in particular? I think you talked about donating to some cause. or uh, Actually, a lot of it's going to be donated to, uh, or not donated, but just put toward uh, rebuilding. A lot of our Buffalo Riot Wings are starting to fall down a little bit. Got it. Need nice. a little more maintenance. So. That's a just and noble cause. Uh, can we just play the, can we just start it now? Absolutely. Give them a little taste, dude. All right, let's see what you got. The Church of Woke didn't just go straight country and rock and roll. They came out swinging with some good old-fashioned hip-hop. You better lose yourself in the COVID the moment you know it. Shout out to Trudeau. Oh. You only get one side or two, according to Joe. The Church of Woke goes all the way back to the late 70s with this instant classic. Hey, teachers, keep those cuff masks on. The Church of Woke did not abstain from rock and roll. One, something's wrong with me. Delta. Two, I need the vaccine. Delta. Three, something's wrong with me. Four, I need the vaccine. Delta. Five, something's wrong with me. Delta. Six, I need the vaccine. Seven, something's wrong with me. Now! COVID bodies hit the floor. Not even the big purple dinosaur Barney was left out of the Church of Woke's party. I hate you. You hate me. That's critical race theory. Classic 80s rock was also included. Greta Thunberg! Uh, 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 uh. Greta Thunberg! 
Greta Thunberg. And the Church of Woke most certainly couldn't leave out these classics. I was unfortunately. Born in the USA. I was unfortunately. Born in the USA. I was unfortunately. Born in the USA. Classic love songs were also included. And I. And of course, songs against voter suppression. You gotta fight for your right to mail in that ballot. And of course, those songs about standing in line to get that shot. Standing in line to get my COVID shot cause there's a new strain. Here we go. Holy shit, it's really fucking cold. Standing here. And lastly, how could we do this without a CNN variant update? CNN! CNN! Don Lemon! Don Lemon! Quomo! Don Lemon! Bro, that was badass, man. Uh, so you really put a lot of time into that. You had a wide range there. I saw some, some rock, some rap, a lot of stuff going on there. That was amazing. Yeah, dude. Just want to be a, a little diverse there. Yeah, uh, particularly like the Cranberries ending there. Really, uh... Pretty sick. Yeah, dude. The ballad, of, the ballad towards CNN, dude. It's really one really close to my heart. You yeah, know? we all know that. Anyway, Bro Exotic, thanks for jumping on the Sports Antidote, man. I right, appreciate it, dude. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Bro Exotic, B-R-E-A-U-X, Exotic. And no joke, stay woke, bro. Stay woke. Tommy Bench jumping on the Sports Antidote, episode 57. What's up, pal? Not much, Chief. How you doing? Doing good, man. Just to let you know, quick uh, disclaimer, um, your arch enemy and your polar opposite personalities in the room bro exotic actually wanted to be in on this one i hope you don't mind you're pretty open-minded so is he so bro here you go with uh your boy yeah uh what's going on bench uh big props to you uh going to the anal academy and uh and uh whoa <laughs> well you is know it is that's what it's called right it is, and it's nice to be joined, it's joined it's academy, isn't it? by by such a intellectual heavyweight such as yourself. But you, you broke up for a second. Was the Wi-Fi in your parents' basement getting spotty? <laughs> no, dude. No, dude. I don't uh, live in my parents' basement. I actually have a uh, 50-foot yacht called White Police, uh, Privileged Police. Uh, own many restaurants. Uh, Buffalo Riot Wings doing really well. Uh, several locations out in, in uh, you know, popular spots. It's Detroit, uh it's a really popular one right now. Minneapolis is doing really well. Uh, and Toledo is uh, doing pretty good right now, too. Um, now that that uh, Floyd mural came down, definitely wasn't a church woke cow. Uh, but we're doing all right, man. Well, that, that's good to hear. I mean, you're living the capitalist American dream. I'm glad to see that you're making money off the backs nah, of but we're the working trying class. To, uh, trying to switch it up, dude. Trying to make uh, uh, socialist capitalism. Uh, it's working pretty well for us, dude. Yeah, it's working out great. So instead of you guys going heads up all day, you just wanted to be here with this one. Tommy Bench, why don't you bring to the table uh, <laughs> what you bring to the table? Well, speaking of white privilege and all the things that, that uh, apparently aren't having to be dealt with in, in white communities, I read a very interesting op-ed in the Baltimore Sun, and, and it talked about the scourge of violence that is being seen in in inner cities all throughout the land but obviously this one being local to baltimore it focused on baltimore and and it really it really told several heartbreaking stories of the number of youths 
who have been, and I, sh- I shouldn't joke, but the number of young people, when I say young, I mean people under the age of 12. Okay, so we're not talking about teenagers that are getting into, you know, uh, their first little tiff of gang banging or something like that. We're talking kids who are not involved in the game. All right. They're not living the street life. They're just kids. And, and it's a double digit number of kids who have died by gunfire. And it's even more kids who have been shot. About 25 people under the age of 18 have been shot. That's a 50 percent increase from the prior year, which was an increase from that prior year. And this article goes on. It's just it's it's a screed of heartbreaking stories. And it's it's heartbreaking. That's just the only word you can attach to it. And it goes on to talk about a prayer and candlelight vigils and this group and all these groups are getting together. And, and they try to present it as if, it's, as if it's such this unprecedented thing of nonprofits all getting together who have common cause. You know, as, as if they're trying to make it seem like you're getting competing profit seeking ventures like McDonald's, Burger King and Wendy's are getting together to do something. Well, no, these are like nonprofit groups that are all trying to address the same problem. And, and so they they talk about it's coming together. It's letting our voices be heard. Uh, one I know the work I am doing is what God put me here to do. And um, hey, I, I think that's that's great. There are people who see a problem in their community and they want to do something about it. And you read the article and it's just it's more of this, you know, this politician got up and said, our children are our most valuable asset and we need to tackle the flow of guns into our neighborhood. And they've ordered every agency to study. And it just OK, on. And, and you keep saying, like, OK, is this is this going to end with the punchline of and these parents have realized that the defund the police. Move, and, and by the way, it, it is very obvious and I believe it's very specifically stated that the neighborhoods we're talking about are almost all majority black neighborhoods uh some are majority black and hispanic but but these are people of color neighborhoods occupied by people of color i shouldn't say occupied who the residents are people of color um and and so you keep thinking like like when when is the surprise punchline going to come in that and many of these people realize that the defund the police movement is silly and and we really need and you get to the very end and, and, and the final statement, and I want to read this word for word, it's a couple of sentences. You have, this, this is a quote from one of the members of one of these nonprofits. You have generations who are unemployed and underemployed. Instead of investing in opportunities and asset building, we instead invest in all the tools that facilitate the criminalization of our black bodies starting at a very young age. We are treating our babies like adults. Now, hold on. None exactly zero of these people under the age of 18 were hit by bullets from a police officer. Zero. So tell me how gangbangers shooting at each other. It's, it's obvious what they, they want to avoid saying that the cops should be held accountable. In fact, what they're saying is the cops are there and funded to put our babies in jail. I'm going to go ahead and argue if you double the number of police and police patrols and if you brought back stop, question and frisk, you would reduce the number of guns on the street. Again, it's amazing. Democrat politicians obviously want to take people's guns. Well, that shit worked in New York. Exactly. Exactly. Except the tools that would actually remove illegal guns from the street. They don't have to worry about the AR-15 that I used to own that was lost in a fishing accident three years ago in case the NSA is listening. They don't have to worry about that (laughs) firearm. Okay. They need to worry about the gangbangers who are swinging rock and, and have, you know, a nine millimeter in their pants that with the serial number filed off. Well, how are you going to get those off the street? And it's just it's, it's discouraging to see a sincere problem. Children getting killed 
unnecessary. Well, there's no time necessary when a child needs to be killed. But children being killed by, by gun violence, that something could be done about it, something tangible, not just having a prayer vigil and not just yakking your mouth at a press conference, but you put more police on the streets and start tossing gangbangers. Everybody knows who the gangbangers are. They can point them out. Everybody knows the guys standing on the corner dealing drugs. Okay, this this myth of it's all these young people of color in suits and ties and the cops are harassing them while they're on their way to their Wall Street job. That's that's not happening when you put more police in an area, a high crime area and say, get guns off the street. It's just you wonder what it's going to take for some of these communities and frankly, the leaders in the communities, because I bet if you talked one on one to a lot of the people, these prayer vigils and said, hey, do you think more cops or less cops? I bet you most of them would say we need more cops. But it's the leaders and the people who manipulate groups of people to stay in power and further ingrain themselves in these infrastructures of useless government that are that are not performing any genuine government function that's allowing these these inner cities to improve or get better or at least stop getting worse. Like, let's just start with that. Let's stop losing the game by 40 points. Then we'll talk about actually scoring some points, tying it up and somehow sneaking out with the win. And, and it's just. If it's not the, if it's not kids dying, what will it take to get people in some of these communities and the leaders in the communities who really have the ear of many of the members of the communities to say, we got to do something different. And by the way, this whole this is obviously code for let's throw more money at teachers unions and schools. They've been doing that for 40 years in Baltimore and in Chicago. Teachers unions there are so powerful and, and get to dictate terms. It, if it ain't if it hasn't changed now, it, it ain't the changed. Teachers unions, the teachers unions run the CDC. Right. That's been happening in this country. And I, we're really uh, aghasting this point now. I know you have other points, but I need you to kind of wrap this one up. But go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm finished with that and I'm ready to move on. CDC, that was a good segue. So good. it is time. It's been, it's been a few months uh, maybe since we've given a kind of in-depth COVID analysis. And of course, we have to talk about the Delta variant. And that's how you have to say it anytime you refer to the Delta variant. Because it's so scary. It's so awful. It's not a joke, it, bro. It's so... <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a complete joke. And, and I will speak with some authority from the standpoint of numbers and other data. That's also how you have to say the number. That's really cool. Uh, well, numbers are objective and therefore racist. So um, that's why oh, you I got like it right so there, dude. Well, that's why, that's why I enjoy them. Because two plus two equals a female chimpanzee. Two so, plus two equals you're canceled. <laughs> I welcome the canceling with open arms. Um, all right. So today, oh, gosh. Oh, my God. We have 56,000 new coronavirus cases. Oh, oh, God. Put the mask back on. Put three masks back on. You know what? I heard if you wrap a plastic bag around your head and duct tape it shut, that's the only way to guarantee you'll never get COVID. Okay? It's the only way to guarantee you won't get COVID. So why am I bringing this up? All right, here's some facts. It is a fact. There are more COVID cases being diagnosed right now in the United States than there were a couple of weeks ago. We, we've seen the seven-day rolling average, which I think is probably the best metric to look at because it smooths out anomaly in the data. It, it, it went from a low where we were getting down to 14, 15,000 cases per day on a seven-day rolling average. Hey, we're now getting back to 30, 40. Well, I bet you we'll get back to 40 or 50,000 cases a day on a seven-day rolling average. You know what's interesting? This time last year, early July, we were already at about 75,000 cases per day. But let's talk about what's significantly different. 
in early July of last year, we were averaging about 1,500 deaths. Between, between, we were just under 1,000. We eventually got up to, in early August, about 1,100 to 1,200 deaths per day, seven-day rolling average. Right now, our seven-day rolling average for deaths is in the neighborhood of the low to mid-200s. So what's going on here, right? What's happening? A couple of things. One, a lot of people have been vaccinated. And by the way, I know there's people listening who are thinking, I'll never get vaccinated. That's fine. I, I think you're free to make that choice. I, I will say this. I do think there is a lot of data that says the vaccines are effective at pre- preventing serious illness and death. But again, if you're young and healthy, it's also a statement that if you're young and healthy, you are unlikely to suffer from serious illness and or death, especially kids. We'll cover that in a second. So let's look at the other, I'd say the most objective metric is death. The next most objective one is hospitalizations. Hey, look, hospitalizations have gone up and they've gone up, I'd say at a sharper increase than at other times, okay? So they were hovering around 10 to 12,000 people in the hospital per day on a seven day rolling average up to a few weeks ago. We're now getting close to about 20,000. Do you remember, ironically, January 6th was the day when hospitalizations peaked in the United States, in the United States, the, the day of the insurrection. That was that the greatest, was the day, the, the, day, day. Yeah. the greatest threat to democracy since the civil war. Ah. Okay. Um, and order was restored in two hours. You couldn't say the same thing about the black lives matter riots. Um, sorry, bro. Exotic. Sorry. Un- unfair shot to your brethren there who destroyed $2 billion worth of private property. Um, yeah, I'm definitely triggered right now, but go ahead. It's all right. So at that point, we had 123,000 people on the seven day moving average hospitalized. We had six times as many people in the country hospitalized. But but tell me, if you're watching the mainstream media, do you feel like it, it is we are getting one sixth the hysteria that we were getting back in December and January? I don't feel like I feel like we're almost getting more or the same amount of hysteria. And it's because of pockets of low vaccination rates. And all. Hey, it, it's true. It's true. The states that have a higher vaccination rate are seeing slightly better numbers. Um, but it's also breaking through. There's some vaccine breakthrough in terms of infection, not in terms of hospitalization and death. Again, the vaccines are very effective at preventing serious illness, hospitalization and death. Um, this all gets back to I, people have just got to understand this is going to be something we are going to live with for a long time. It is. And, and, and what will be interesting is as it ebbs and flows, it, it will be interesting to see who uses it in what ways to garner power and influence. Um, already you're seeing some places call for masking mandates to come back. I have a feeling it'll ebb and flow with election cycles. So if, if this, and, and look, the, the breakdown is Democrats try to use it to consolidate power. Republicans try to use it to show strength to show strength and support to their red base. Okay, fine. Every politician does what's best for them. So it'll be interesting to see who moderates more and in what location. So if you're a California Republican, you'll probably say, well, you know, maybe mask mandates, but we're not shutting down dining. If you're a Texas Democrat, you'll jump up and down and say, yeah, we we have to do mask mandates. And, And then you'll say, well, what about shutting down the economy? Well, I don't want to do that, but, you know, and then in blue states, they'll say, oh, we've got to shut down and, and hand out free money to people. So it, it, it and I think like a lot of things, you'll just start seeing this bifurcation, this balkanization where different states and regions will handle it differently. 
And hopefully people don't move to the states that are handling it better and allowing you to maintain some of your freedom and then ruin it like the states that you came from, like the herd of locusts you people from California are. But it, it, it's just amazing. This data, I'm looking at the CDC dashboard. It's easy, you know, cdc.gov slash COVID dash data dash tracker hashtag hospitalizations. It's right that you can look at it. And I feel like any normal person would look at this graph that I'm looking at and say, wow, we had this huge spike in January. And then it kind of last ditch effort in May and it's increasing right now. But, you know, if it doesn't really get above 40 or 45,000, it, it's, it, it's not unfair to compare it to the seasonal flu. We are now at the point where it is fair to say, look, this should be thought of more like the seasonal flu because of the high number of vaccinations and people who've had prior infection. And it appears both are on par with how effective they are at contracting future illness. So I, I just think it's irresponsible. And I think the public health system is going to wear out their welcome and being in terms of being taken seriously by the average person, the more they try to instill panic and fear as opposed to an honest assessment of, hey, cases are up, hospitalizations are up. If you're a high-risk individual, you might want to you know, you know, scale it back a little bit. But if you've been vaccinated or you're young and healthy, you're at about the same risk you were a year ago. And be honest with people instead of trying to go right to the hysteria and fear. Final comment, closing comment. Libertad Cuba, free Cuba. I'd love it. I'd actually like to start a coalition of libertarians and conservatives to raise money, send a force of like 5,000 guys down there. We got enough Iraq and Afghanistan vets. If you offer to meet six figures for like a three-week jaunt down there to go take out the government and then install you know, like turn Cuba into Belize, you know, like a little libertarian pal- paradise with very loose business regulations. Um, let the conservatives handle some of the social stuff to, to keep a good moral foundation. But can you imagine what would happen if a true free market democracy, you know, and, and I, it's, it's one of the larger Caribbean islands. You could have a robust tourism industry. I think if, if that if, if a stable, freedom loving government were instituted there with a capitalist bent. I think, you know, Marriott and Hilton and and developers would be in there in a heartbeat because they would buy up the land real cheap and build enormous resorts. And 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 plus, it'd be nice to be able to get Cuban cigars more easily. Just ask Bill Clinton (laughs) where the interns. So (laughs) hope hope some good things happen in Cuba. We'll keep an eye on that. And we'll we'll keep our faithful and oceans posted. All right, definitely. Thanks for uh, jumping on the show here, Tommy Bench. Um, I like to be more involving with this, but this monologue was just too good. So I just let you go. So I'm going to go ahead and duck out here. Rebel Exotic, anything do you want to say to your nemesis before he leaves? Uh, yeah, dude. So you like to think that the Delta variant's a joke, huh? Well, I got a joke for you, man. You ready? I'm you ever ready. hear about the one about the, uh, the karate champion who became a Marine? He saluted so hard he gave himself a concussion. <laughs> face. That's critical face theory, bro. About to go make myself a rum and woke. Cuban rum, dude. Wow. Okay, he's leaving now. I have no idea what that was. I mean, you know what? He's ben, just, just I, I can't I can't respond. He's just too good. He's too yeah. good. He's, he's too woke. He's coming he's back. He's so woke, yeah. he's come that's, out the other that's side. Rum on ice with me checking my privilege, bro. Right. Okay. So I enjoy my privilege every day. And you should. All right, Bench. Thanks for jumping on the sports antelope number fifty seven, pal. We'll see you next week. All right, out here.
Thanks for joining the Sports Anload episode number 58. Big game hunting. Kudos to Britain's women out there taking that knee. So, so, so heroic. So heroic for the United States women's soccer team as well to go out there and just battle racism on the soccer field. Yeah, we get it. Equal pay my ass. Thanks to Bro Exotic. It was amazing, amazing. Greatest hits of the Church of Woke. Thanks to Tommy Bench and Coach O. We'll see you guys next week. Keep it real, Anadotions. I'm outspoken. My language is